Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. How are you guys this evening? Sweet. I've never actually seen a CD uh, fly into a watermelon, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, how many people, this is your first time? You, what do you call this? Elevate Student Conference? Yes? Yeah, first time? Everybody just raise your hand. Sweet. On the count of three, I just want you to shout your name. If you're like a first timer, just tell me what your name is because I have really good memory. And so on the count of three, can you just do that? One, two, three. All I heard was Sally. That's all I heard was Sally. And are there any Sallys in the house tonight? Anybody that's named Sally? Destiny. That's what I meant to say was Destiny. Destiny Smith. Close. Here, Pierce, Destiny Pierce, welcome to Elevate Student Conference. Um, we're glad that you're here this evening. Um, and I, I, I have, I have, a, I just a little bit about myself. I am um, a, a pastor's wife-ish, and uh, I run a nonprofit ministry called Hope Extreme. So I stay in the hood on the east side. Amen. Uh, anybody from the east side? Thank you. Thank you. And so I also run Hope Community Church and uh, a pregnancy resource center. And who cares, right? I have, I have a problem with running names. I just forget people's names. Anybody like me, you like you forget people's names. And so I forget people's names all the time. And so um, I adopted four kids. I do remember their names. And so uh, they're from the Philippines. I've got two here tonight with me. I think my daughters might come tomorrow night, but they're really crazy. So you ready for some crazy? Because my daughters can bring it. And so, um, and so I have four kids, but um, I also we have a church on the east side, and so I don't I don't ever remember anybody's names, and so I just always try to remember their names. Well, whenever I adopted my kids, my second oldest boy has this incredible memory. He can remember anything. In fact, he remembers kids that go to school by the bus that they ride, and he says, "Hey, mom, you know so and so? He rides bus 343." And I'm like, "What is 343? And who is so and so? I have no idea." But I, I found a perfect solution to my name problem. My name problem at church is that I forget everybody's name. So I'll meet this couple and they're like, uh, you know, hey, we're so-and-so and we live here. And I don't remember anything. I'm just like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We're so glad to hear of you here. And I just can't wait for God to move in your life and things like that. And so what I and I do is I would just forget their names. And you know when you forget somebody's name, the next time you sort of look stupid, like I'm not going to talk to you because I don't know your name. And so I, I'll just do that. And I'll just sort of pass around them. But you can't do that because you're like supposed to be this great pastor's wife and you're not because you forgot there you got it and so my second boy what I've started to do is I started to realize he remembers everything and so he comes with me and so I'm sitting there and I just drag him along and and at 10 o'clock when our service is getting ready to start and I'm meeting all the new people that are coming to our service I just secretly have him attached right here to my side and what I do is I have him ask the people their name so that we can just figure this out together and because he will memorize everything at the end of service after everything's done I say okay Carlo what's the list of everybody's name and I'm serious that he will name every single name that's on the list and I'm just like and I go to my desk and I write down every name of the person that attended now I don't know about you but I have a problem even with celebrity names and so tonight we're gonna play a game called the name game sounds good all right we'll give some points to the pink team or the blue team or the green team or the orange team go orange and so you there you there it's really, really simple. 
To be famous in today's world, you have to have a really cool name. Like, um, you know, you have to have somebody that just stands out, like LeBron. Like, you don't even have to say LeBron James. You already know who LeBron is, right? So... They got some haters up in the house tonight. And so, and so we're going to start with some names, and they're going to be an ambiguous name, and then you have to tell me who is the popular name that we know them by now, because we don't know them by their government name. That would be their full first, middle, and last name. We actually know them by their superstar name. So we're going to get started uh, with the first slide. Here we go. The first guy's name is Mark Sinclair. Now, it's a famous person's name, and you have to guess it. Mark Sinclair is? Is an actor. You're so good. Okay? Uh, anybody knows who Mark Sinclair is by raising your hand? Anybody? He's a man. All right, we'll just give you that one for free. So the guy whose name barks is actually Vin Diesel. Yeah, he had the chance. Now, doesn't that sound more muscular and like just incredibly more handsome if you're a girl, right? And so Vin Diesel versus Mark Sinclair, that's a really good name. Next one, okay? Don't be despairing. This can get you. You ready? Here we go. Onika Tanya Marnaj. In the red, in the red. Nicki Minaj, is he right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nicki Minaj, that, he gets a point, he gets a point. I don't even know how you know that. How do you know that? I don't even know, but he gets a point for his team. You're doing good, you're doing good, you're doing good. Team what? Orange. Team Orange, right there, Team Orange. All right, next one, next one, we're going to look at Carl Anderson Jr., he is not an actor. He is someone who makes very expensive things. I'll give you a hint. He is a jewelry maker who makes very expensive things. Who's that? It's not him. It's not him. He makes expensive things that tell time. Michael Kors. Michael Kors. Right here. What team you are? Give it up for the orange team. Orange team. Good job. There he is, Michael Kors. Do we have a watch? I think we have a watch from him, yeah? There's a Michael Kors watch. It's worth like millions of dollars. Okay, next name, next name. Here we go. Now, this one's for the old people in the house. I don't know if you know him, but his name is Alan Stewart Connisberg. Connisberg. Anybody knows who that is? Woody Allen. You're so good. How did you know that? You know old people. Okay. It's on the screen, that's not fair, that's not fair. Oh, you're brilliant though, you're brilliant though. He's actually is the director, Woody Allen. Okay, we're gonna do one, a couple more. Thank you, now the screen is blank, ha ha ha. Here we go, here's the next one. Karen Elaine Johnson, now this is, this, no. Karen Elaine Johnson, Karen Elaine Johnson, you need a new name, if you, this is your name, yep. Nope. Anybody in the back? In the orange? Whoopi Goldberg. I feel like he might have cheated, but we're giving it to your team anyhow. How cool is that? She changed her name. That was Team Green to Whoopi Goldberg. A lot of you know this one. Here's the next one. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson. Katy Perry. Katy Perry, do we have a picture? It's her. It's her. Give it up for the orange team. Another point for the orange team. Here's another one. Here's another one. Eric.
Eric Malone Bishop. Eric Malone Bishop. He needed a new name too. He's a very popular actor. Who? Nope. Eric Malone Bishop. Anybody? We have anybody? Anybody? All right, we'll just give it to you. It is Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, his actual name is Eric Malone Bishop. Now, this lady has a very long name, but she's very popular for one song they told me. Her name is Ella Marie Lanny Yellick O'Connor. O'Connor, and she has a fire song. A fire song? Uh-uh. No. It starts with an L. It starts with an L. Who? No, it's not Lady Gaga. Somebody else, yep. Lord, who are you? What team are you on? Okay, give him a point right there. It's actually Lord, and she writes these crazy songs. Here is the last one, ladies and gentlemen. And you all know this guy. You all know this guy. He's very famous. He has some like cool songs that maybe you listen to. Peter Jean Hernandez. Peter Jean Hernandez. Who is it? No. Peter Jean Hernandez. Bruno Mars, Team Green, Team Green. We got a picture of him. Isn't that, isn't that a much better name? Good job, good job, good job. <laughs> good job, good job. You know some of the songs right there. It's good, it's good to have a good name. Can I, anybody has a good name in the house? You have a good name? Good name? Famous name, famous names. We're going to be talking this evening. We're going to be talking this evening. We're going to be talking this evening about one of the most famous name changes that happens in all of the Bible, which should be rather important. So we're going to pray. God, I ask that you would come in by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would make alive to us things that have been dead. God, that you would even this evening, God, that someone in the room who doesn't know that they are resolute, God, they have not been resolved in their faith, God, that tonight they would make a resolution before you in the cloud of a bunch of witnesses. God, that they would decide to quit messing around. And God, instead, they would say yes to you and to your kingdom. God, I pray for those that have not been resolute in their actions, God. They say they're a believer, but God, their actions don't line up to what the word of God says. God, I pray that tonight would be a time of repentance. And God, that they would throw themselves on the mercy of the cross and say from this moment forward in my life, Lord God, that they would have a name change. And God, that they would declare themselves as a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, tonight would you move in this place and would you be only who you could be, God, a, a comforter and a teacher, God, a corrector, Lord God, and our, and our counselor, Lord God. We pray that you would have your way in this place in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. If you have a Bible tonight, you're going to be turning to Daniel chapter 1. In Daniel chapter 1, if there's ever a name change that happened in our scripture, this would have to be one of the most famous name changes of all. It says in Daniel chapter 1, it says this, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, everybody say Jehoiakim. 
Now that's a name. You're going to hear some names tonight and you'll just be glad that your mom and dad didn't call you Jehoiakim. But it says in the year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. Now, now some people would say that Nebuchadnezzar and so whatever you want to say is fine. But it says that there was a, a king and his name was Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon and he came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. What it means to besiege is simply this is that he took over the kingdom of Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem is God's people. And so you see that God, God allows this king named Nebuchadnezzar to take over the kingdom that God had already ordained. And there were some people in the kingdom. Look at verse 2 on the screen or in the word it says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, little G, and he placed the vessels in the treasury of his God, little G. Then the king commanded Aphnes, his nobility, it says, and chief eunuch to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish. So what he is doing is he is strategically calling out the young people that look good. Now some of you in the house look good tonight, right? You're without blemish and you got some people in your family that are noble. Maybe you have some people in your family that are rich and have all these things going for them. And here's the thing that, that happens. Nebuchadnezzar is not a dumb king. He says, I'm going to pick the young people. I'm going to pick the good looking people. I'm going to pick the people that have come out of nobility and have some training and have some skills. And he said, when I take that city, I'm also going to take all of their hope and I'm going to take all of their dreams from them because I am going to take their teens. See, you, my friend, are our future. I'm too old to play games. I'm too old to, to do all the things that I used to do in my teens and in my 20s. But here's what I know is that you as a young person and you have been instilled maybe within your family as a believer or maybe you know about Jesus tonight, God has a destiny on your life. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. I, I, I say that as a person that in high school couldn't even say my name without stuttering. That's the kind of person I was. I was so insecure. I was so not confident of who he was. And if you would ask me to even lift my hands in a youth service, I couldn't do it because I was scared about what everybody else thought. And so Nebuchadnezzar had an idea. He said, I'm going to go and steal the dreams of a nation. I'm going to steal its young people. I'm going to take the young people out of the nation. You know, I think of Nebuchadnezzar as the enemy, the devil. The devil is trying to steal your plans. He is trying to steal the future that God has for you. And it could be social media. It could be that you care about what the person next to you thinks. It doesn't matter. Nebuchadnezzar in this story is the enemy of our lives. And he is the enemy of the young generation. And so here's what Nebuchadnezzar does. He pulls those people of good appearance, it says in verse 4, and skillful in all wisdom. He endowed them with knowledge and understanding and learning and competent to stand in the king's palace and he taught them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans so he's actually saying don't believe in God G-O-D capital G-O-D he says I want you to become skilled and learning about G-O-D little G-O-D and so here is Nebuchadnezzar trying to change the mindset of the young generation of men that love the Lord 
He wanted to change their names. And so he says in verse 5, the king assigned them a daily portion of food. And the king ate and the whole and the wine and they drank and they were educated for three years. And then at the end of that time, it says they were to stand before the kings. Among them were Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. And among them was Hananiah. Say Hananiah. One guy was named Mishael. Say Mishael. And then there was another guy, and his name was Azariah. Say Azariah. Now, this was their name. This was who they were before God. And so I'm going to need uh, three boys. I got three guys that are just ready. One, two, three. Come stand up on the stage. You're going to stand up right here. Now, you might have heard of this story, or you might know of some of the stories in Daniel, but here is where the king changes their name. I'm going to need one more guy. One more guy. We got somebody right there, right here. Come up in here in the hall. Okay, so you're going to just don't tell me your real name because I don't care, okay? And I won't remember anyhow and so here we go here's what we're gonna do we're gonna give you the name Daniel okay so you're Daniel okay so this sort of yeah hold it up so no 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 okay here we go just just hold it just hold it okay and so here we go here's another one here's Hananiah that is a man name it's not a girl name okay and here's uh well who did I say what did you say it says Daniel Hananiah Mishael Mishael, if you're from the east side. And so, and then we have Azariah, okay? So these guys are right here. Now, here's what happens. The king takes into captivity a group of people, but the Bible talks about four. You stand in a big group of people tonight. I don't know what your numbers are, but you're looking good. But you know, whenever God calls you apart, it's usually not going to be in the big group of people. It's usually going to be in a group of one or two or three or four. And so these four guys said, I'm not going to bow to the king, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not going to allow him to steal my plan and my purpose. I am going to follow God, big capital G-O-D. And so that was their heart and their mindset. But the enemy said, no way. I'm going to change your name. And so here's what happens. Daniel's name gets changed in in the Bible. And it says that they changed the name of Daniel to someone named Belshazzar. Now, what does it mean? Significance in names. Jamie Foxx can't become Jamie Foxx unless he changes name. Lord can't become Lord until she changes her name. Or Lady Gaga can't become Lady Gaga until they change their names because they know to be who the world wants them to be. They have to change their name. Here's what happens. The enemy, Nebuchadnezzar, changes the name to Belshazzar. You know what that name means? It means this. It means may Bel, B-E-L, the God that they serve, may he protect me. And the enemy didn't stop. He went to Daniel's three friends. He changed the next guy. His name was Hananiah. He changed him to Shadrach. Everybody might know that story. So there's Shadrach. But notice that is a heathen name. That is an ungodly name. And it's unknown, but it probably refers to a god, little g, called Murdoch. And so Shadrach becomes the new name that the enemy assigns to him. Mishael, whose name meant what God is. He actually turns his name. Can you change your name over to Meshach? Do you know what Meshach means? It means I'm going to serve a little God, little G. Azariah, the last guy, which his name actually means Yahweh has helped change the name to what? Abednego. You know what Abednego means? Servant of Nebo. A little 
God. So the enemy was at work in these boys' lives trying to get them to conform to the world. The enemy is at work in your lives. He doesn't care if you come and sing for two hours right here. He is worried about what you do Monday morning. He is worried about what you talk about Tuesday afternoon. And so the enemy is trying to get you to change your God-given name. Son of God. Yahweh is God. He is my helper and my protector. He tries to get you to change your name to something lesser. Let me serve the world. Are depressed and discouraged. I don't care about anyone but myself. Or whatever it is that you have been listening to the lie of the enemy. The enemy wants to change your name from daughter, son of the most high, and to a follower of the world. Thank you. Give those boys a round of applause. They did good. They did good. Now, get this. Whenever you have a name change, whenever you have a name change, it is tempting to go by your new name. I, I, it's simple for me. I just acclimated. Two years ago, I'm not a mom. Now, I hear the name mommy, and the name has changed, and I just look around. It's simple to, to believe the lie of a name change. It is simple not to follow God because you are in a different culture in your life. In verse 7, it's on top of the screen, and it says, And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar. Hananiah he called called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. And there, my friends, the king, the enemy, trying to change who they were. But here's what the conference this weekend is all about. These next couple of words, look at verse 8. It says, but Daniel, everybody say, but Daniel resolved. Say it again, say, but Daniel resolved. See, when you make a commitment before the Lord, you have to resolve. You know what it means to resolve? Resolve means this. You are going to decide firmly on a course of action. Now, here's the thing. You can do that at 13-year-old. Young guys right here, you can resolve to serve the king. You can 15-year-olds in the room, you can say, I am not going to be swept away by popular opinion. 18 years old in the house, you can say, I will not be swayed by college or whatever career path you chose. I am going to resolve tonight to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Number one, you have to be like Daniel. You have to personally, everybody say personally, you have to personally resolve. You have to say, this is not my mama's religion. This is not my daddy's religion. This is not Dom's religion or Jackie's religion. This is between me and my God. I am going to be like Daniel. When they captured Daniel, you know what happened most likely? His parents most likely died. He was growing up in the ways of the Lord, and this king comes in captivity and takes him out into a new world. Guess what? His mom and daddy ain't with him. Why? Because he had to resolve for himself. I, 
Daniel, I will resolve to have faith in my God. I will resolve no matter what people say, no matter who says what or does what. You tonight have to make a resolution. You have to set a decide. I'm going to firmly write this down. Daniel was resolute. He said, you can change my name. But my faith in God will remain. Do you know that Daniel, although his name had changed to Belfazor, never do you see it. You always see what? Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel in the fire. All these guys. Why? Because he said, I am going to resolve that the enemy can try to make me a part of his world. But I will resolve tonight. I will resolve that this faith will be more than just my family's. This faith will become mine. Resolve is no different at 13 than it is at 40, than it is at 85 years old. The decisions will look different. I'm going to say that again. It's no different the amount of age you are. The decisions will be different at 13 than they are than 18, that they are in 40. You, we, the resolve is the same. Number two, your actions are determined by your resolve. Look at verse 8 again. It says, but Daniel what? He did what? He resolved. Look at the next part of the verse. It says, but Daniel resolved that he would not what? Defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. I'm going to say it again. Daniel did what? He resolved. So he had faith in God, but then he had his faith that led to an action. Faith leads to action. So I'm 13 years old, right? And I give my life to the Lord. My family is a believers. I was eight years old. My family were Catholic. My mom had an amazing encounter with the Lord through our next door neighbor. She got involved in church and we're church kids. Anybody a church kid up in the house? Like you sort of grow up. Amen. And so I got some church kids of my own. Now I'm a church kid. But I don't know Jesus, and I, don't, I know about Jesus. I've been to every vacation Bible school. I could tell you all the stories. At 13 years old, I'm sitting in a place like you're sitting at tonight. I'm sitting at a camp. And so all of a sudden, there's, there's this call that, hey, you want to resolve to know Jesus. You want to be resolute. And on the inside, I'm empty. On the inside, I'm insecure. And I have all these problems heading on in my mind. On the outside, I'm a good kid. But on the inside, I'm messed up. And so all of a sudden, I walk to the front of that call and I resolved to give my life to the Lord and I said yes to Jesus and I said no to the ways of the world 13 years old South Tarbone High School you know what happened on the outside I look like the same kid so I show up into my 10th grade year at South Tarbone High School and I have the same issues like I love to curse don't raise your hand if you love to curse cuz you you know you got to pretend here and so and so uh and so I love to curse like the f word you know and so uh it made me look cool I thought and so uh, I it, it doesn't so just stop but uh and so I'm I'm saying I, I you know I say the f word so I head back into my 10th grade year and I'm just like cursing because I'm cool and I just think that that that's a good place to put every other word. And so I'm sitting there, and, I, and though I resolve to know Jesus, I'm not acting like him. And so some kid comes up to me and in, in the middle of my 10th grade year, and they said, but I thought you gave your life to Jesus. And I just, I'm a heart sink. And I said, you know what? I'm going to resolve to quit cursing. 13 years old. I said, anytime you hear me say the F word, I'm going to give you a quarter. And I'm old. So like quarters are like hundred dollars now. I don't know. And so, and so I'm sitting there and I'm just giving them quarter after quarter. But you know what? The F word is no longer my friend. And it's not something I say because I resolved in my faith. And then I put 
put it to action. You know, at 15 years old, the action's different because I'm grown now and I can go to these dances. And so my friends, they went out to the daiquiri shop and I'm just being honest with you. I don't know what y'all do on y'all spare time, but my friends went to the daiquiri shop and so I'm sitting in the car with them. And they said, Tara, we'll get you one. We have a guy, he's 21, and you can just drink with us. And by this time, I sort of figure out that for the rest of my life, I'm going to be different than everybody else. If you can't say the F word at 13, God, I'm not going to be able to drink with my friends at 15. And so I passed up that drinking daiquiri shop, and my friends get toasted. And I'm sitting there like the loser driver, right? Like I'm driving my mom's Suburban and everybody else in there just like, yeah, we got daiquiris and you ain't got nothing. I don't care. I resolved that my faith would have actions. At 18 years old, I'm graduating South Terrebonne High School, and some of the kids are good, but I'm going to tell you something. Something changes in some kind of crazy mindset from 18 to college, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm resolved. I'm going to follow Christ, and I said, who wants to come with me? And I'm going to give you a number. Zero of my friends from high school wanted to follow Christ with me. Zero of my friends wanted to follow Jesus, and so I resolved that my faith was going to have an action, and so I I walked in a different direction and at Nichols State University I walked away from the crazy of the student union and all the things that people were doing and I walked into a Christian club it was called the Baptist Student Union and I'm not Baptist but it didn't matter I resolved that I was going to have some people that love Jesus with me and I walked in that place and my life was changed Why? Because your resolve has to have action. Jesus said, well, Ephesians says, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Absolutely. But then James says, faith without works is dead. So you can't say that you're a Christian and then still use the F word every sentence. I'm just giving some examples. You can't say that you're a believer, but then you're getting drunk all the time. Does that make sense? You can't say that you're a believer and you love the Lord without at some time in your life, friends are going to walk the other way because you have resolved that I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to do this. So you have to resolve, number one. You have to say, I'm committed to it. My action at 13 years old at a youth camp has stuck with me for 40 years. Here I am at 40 years old saying, God, I have resolved that I will do only what you say. You can change my name, but my faith will remain. And you know what happened? Your actions are determined by your resolve, number two. But number three, here's what happens. You have to resolve to get other Christians involved. You can't do this walk by yourself. I love what Zach said. Hey, come to Elevate. It's your family. It's true. You have to have other believers. So at Nichols State University, got a couple of Christian friends, and I'm in the band. I'm a nerd. It's okay. And so I was also a band director, so it makes me super nerdy. And so I'm sitting there. And, and, our, and our, foot, our basketball team made it to the final 64. It's a big deal, like March Madness. And so I'm in the band, and I, and I am in a band with like a lot, a lot of dudes because I play a brass instrument. And so I'm there, and they're like bringing us to like Texas, and then they're bringing us to like California, and we're flying all over the place for free because they want the band to play for the basketball team. And I have never seen such absolute ridiculous craziness. I mean, the president of the university at Nichols State, like the things that he did on those trips are beyond something that I could ever say to a bunch of youth kids. 
I would not have followed Christ in that situation had I not had other believers that were right there with me. Because my resolve to find Christian people on that college campus, I had two friends that were in that basketball band that were believers. And while they're doing things that I can't even speak about, we were playing Uno in spades. And you laugh, but I love Uno. And you laugh, but my resolve never changed in college. Because I had decided that I was going to ask other people into my life that were going to help me follow Jesus. You have to have some people. Now, for some of you, that's your family. And hallelujah, I had a believing family. I have a sister who's here, my brother who knows the Lord. And so I have people that know Jesus in my family. That's a good thing. Some of you don't have that. This will have to be your family. Elevate will have to be your family. And like Dom and, 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 and Jackie will have to sort of take care of you or you elevate leaders or whoever that is. There's going to have to be some people because I'm going to tell you it's going to get hard. That president on top of some table somewhere got hard, but that Uno game got better because I resolved that I was going to have a faith that led to actions, but I was also going to get other people involved. Look at verse 11. It says that. It says in verse 11, then Daniel said to the steward. So after he resolves, it says in verse 8. Let's just go back to verse 8. It says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. I'm just saying, I don't know what you believe here, but I'm just saying, I think drinking just leads to a bad road. I'm just going to preach that. I don't know how you believe, but I just think drinking leads to this place where, oh, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I can tell you some stories because I live on the east side and so I'm just gonna say that out loud that just leave it alone and so it says he left the wine and the drink and he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chiefs of the eunuchs and the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel I fear the Lord the king who assigned your food and your drink for why should you see that we are in a worse condition than the youths who are your own age so you would endanger my head with the king in verse 11, everybody say verse 11. So here's, the, here's where it gets interesting. It says, then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chiefs of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He says in verse 12, test your what? If you are an English person, it has an S at the end of the servant. Why? Because Daniel desperately needed his three friends to make a pack and resolve together that we're not going to taste the wine and we're not going to take the food that's been sacrificed to little gods. We're not going to be those people. I am here today because of other people in my life that have helped me when my resolve has gone down and maybe my actions didn't line up. They said, no, we're going to stick with you. And the way that you're going to make it, my friend, to be a 40-year-old Christian or even just an 18-year-old Christian, the way that you're going to make it is to have other people involved in your life, involved in saying, hey, your actions don't line up with your faith or hey, love you back to where you need to be. You're going to need these kind of people in your life. If you want to be resolved and resolute in your faith, Daniel knew that I am going to need those servants. Look at verse 12. It says, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. So it's sort of a fast. And then 
then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths with an S, it says who eat the king's food be desired by you. So there are people that came from Jerusalem that knew the Lord and yet they are doing what the enemy wants to do. Do you get that? There will be people in your life that say yes to Jesus this weekend and in a month they'll be doing what the enemy wants them to do. And you have to keep your resolve. Will not be swayed by my friends. Those youths did not serve the Lord, but those four did. Find the four who did. In verse 14, so he listened to them in this matter, and he tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance. They looked better, and they were fatter. Amen. And flesh, and all the youth who ate the king's food, it's good to be fat. That's what they say in the Philippines. So hallelujah, I'm blessed. And so it says in verse 16, so the steward took away their food and their wine, and they were to drink and they gave them the vegetables. In verse 17, it says, as for these four youth. Who knows how many other people were captured? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But those four kids, they resolved, they said it with their actions, and they encouraged each other in the Lord. They said, I'm not going to be like the world. You can change my name, but my faith my faith tonight will remain. See, if you're going to live a Christian life, Christian friends are going to help you. You're going to set your resolve. You're going to change your actions. And then you say, okay, God, I'm going to get other people involved. The resolution that I made at 13 years old, the salvation that God gave me, is the same salvation that I have at 40. It's just some actions that I took to get me to the place where I'm at today. The resolution is not for a year. It's for a lifetime. The Jesus who you hold on to as a young kid has stuck with me. He has been faithful to me even when I have not been faithful to him. Here's the thing. The world, and we have a slide, the world will try to turn you into a Belfashore. He'll try to turn you into this. Change your name. Be like us. When God has called you a Daniel, the world will try to change you into a Bethlehem, a server of the world, little God, little G, when God has called you to be a Daniel. So what does Daniel mean? I saved it to the last on purpose. Daniel was a Hebrew name. And every time you see the word Dan, Dan literally means judge. Everybody say judge. Dan, there was a tribe the tribe of Dan, that was their name, judge. They were judges. Makes sense. The name Daniel literally means, and if you know Hebrew, you can actually read it backwards. So whenever he says, my name is Daniel, here's what he's really saying, judge. And then the I is literally a, a, a word for is. Everybody say is. And then the last part, every time that you see the word El, that always means Elohim, or it means El Shaddai. Those words, El, those words mean God, that, that the Jehovah, the God that I serve. So every time that Daniel heard his name, here's what he heard. He said, judge is God. Now that doesn't make sense to us unless you speak Spanish and you also speak a little backwards. And so the way that we would read that in English is this, is that God. God is my judge. Every time that Daniel heard his name, he remembered that people don't judge me. 
They, 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 my friends are not my judge. That God who I serve is my judge. And I have resolved to follow him. I have resolved in my life to say yes to him and no to everything else. Tonight, God is asking you, who are you? Are you Daniel? Serving the Lord? You've resolved, you've, you've been saved. Your actions line up with your salvation and, and you have a group of people that are helping you to follow the Lord. Or have you listened to the lie of the enemy in your Balthazar? Serving the world. More worried about what everybody else thinks. So your actions are based on who you're around. Well, this weekend you'll be good because you're around good people for the most part, I guess. But whenever you're in that place of temptation, who are you going to serve? God? El? I? Judge? Are you going to go back and say, oh, let the enemy win? Daniel said, not me. You can change my name. You can write the name Bethesar up in that Bible, but I'm going to go by my God-given name. Son of God. God is my judge. Daughter of the King. Would you bow your head, please, and close your hand? Now looking around, don't look at your friends. If we're going to get anything right this weekend, it's going to be on what you're resolved to do. Daniel resolved. Tonight there would be some people that maybe God is asking you, what about you? Have you ever resolved to follow Christ? And you say, oh, Tara, we're in a Christian place. <laughs> I was 13 in a Christian place with Christian parents and a Christian upbringing, and I didn't know the Lord, and I knew it. You didn't have to talk to me twice, three times. I already knew. And when they gave that call at that camp, my heart was beating with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they said, this is for you. This is your call. And I just remember getting up out of that seat running to the front of the altar and just saying, God, it's a resolve tonight. I resolve. That's what salvation is. God, I resolve to let go of my old self, my sin patterns, and God, I resolve to follow you. Tonight, if that's you and you might have been hanging on to your mama or your daddy or your youth pastor, or maybe you're just like a friend and you're like, man, I don't even know what this is, but I want it. I want who this Jesus is. I want him to give me a new name because I'm tired of living in the world because the world will leave you depressed and discouraged. And tonight you would say, I want God to change my name. Would you just stand to your feet right where you are? Don't look around. Don't look at your neighbors. I'm talking about you've never given your life to the Lord. You've been playing games. Or you're new and you just need to know Jesus. Would you just stand to your feet? Give you a moment. It's going to be the hardest decision of your life. Best decision, absolutely. But the decision that will cost you everything. Is there anybody in the room, you say, that's me. I need to resolve to know Jesus. I don't even know him. Anybody else? Just 
just stand to your feet right where you are. There's no shame. We're going to pray. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, sounds so unbelievably simple and it is but it costs Jesus everything this will be the night that he makes you brand new on the outside you're going to look like the same kid but this resolve this decision will affect every pattern for the rest of your life because here's what God's going to do he's going to go in and somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit he's going to change your name tonight you were a daughter or a son of the, of the world, and tonight he's going to make you a daughter and a son of the king. And I'm going to tell you, when God puts his stamp on you, it's like a tattoo and you can't remove it. Can you just pray? We're going to pray out loud. If you're standing in the room, we're going to pray out loud that God would, by the mercy of Jesus, save us from our sin. And he would make you a new kid. Can you just do this? Let's pray. Say, dear Father... You see me, and you know me, and I've been playing games, and tonight I realize that I need to resolve to be your kid. I ask that you would change my name, a daughter of the king, a son of the king. Today I ask that you would forgive me of my sin, those things that I've done wrong before you, and you will come into my life. Fill every empty place, every void. You have complete control of my life. From this moment forward, I'm yours. I'm God's. Can you give the Savior a round of applause for those that are standing in the room? that are standing just 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 for a moment I want to tell you this this weekend is for you go tell your your leaders your house leaders I gave my life to the Lord and I meant it and I'm resolved I'm resolved in my faith and I'm gonna tell you that this will be the greatest journey yeah of course you're gonna get into the word and you're gonna get into prayer and to worship those things are gonna help grow you so don't be discouraged if at this moment you're like wow I feel the same because it doesn't matter because God has given you a new name his kid there are other people in the room you have already made that decision but as we were worshiping tonight, God said, there are some people in this room that their actions don't line up with their resolve. And I don't know what you've been doing. And I know school has just gotten started, but for some of you, that does not matter. Those decisions that you have been making do not line up with the faith that you have in Christ. You have not been a Daniel. 
You have not said God is my judge. Instead, you are conforming your ways into the pattern of the world. Maybe it's what you listen to. Maybe it's who you're listening to. Maybe it's what you're watching or what you're posting. I have no idea. Maybe it's what you're saying. Maybe it's that you have anger in your heart or that you hate your brother or your sister. I don't know what it is tonight for you, but God is saying that you have to line your actions up to the word of God. That you have to resolve tonight. And this call is for you. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to ask for the Elevate leaders to come to the front of the altar, the ones that can pray. The ones that know the Lord and and that their resolve is good and their actions are good. Those people are going to line the front of this altar. And if that's you tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you young people to step out of your seat or wherever you're sitting at and go and ask them to pray for you. Why? Because others have to be involved. The Bible says a prayer in James of an effective righteous man avails much. These guys and girls that are at this altar can help you in your resolve so that the effort isn't your friend anymore. I, I'm just talking to myself. So that you're not tempted by the ways of the world or so that you can be a, a dater of believers and not of unbelievers. Whatever it is that you're stumbling in, whatever action that has been causing you to lose your resolve tonight, come to the altar and say, God, I'm ready to align my resolve to my actions. You can change my name, enemy, but my faith will remain. Would you just make your way out of your seat? Say, can you pray for me? Like you're serious. You want this out out of your life, whatever it is. Just make your way, just come up to the front and say, hey, that's me. Just a time of repentance. A time of saying, I've been fake, I've been a hypocrite. Actions don't line up with who I say I am. Anybody else just make your way up to the front to say, can you pray with me? Can you pray?